Welcome ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ghost Nobody and this is Hunter Hunted Chapter 3. I do hope you've been enjoying this uh, little stroll along memory lane if you're a previous reader of mine. And if you're new to the series, I do hope you're enjoying this little trek through the uh, fictional, fan fiction world of interspecies and alien love and romance, action, adventure and all that fun stuff. So if you do have the ability to do so, please like, subscribe, leave me feedback via fanfiction or AO3 if you want. Just log in and find the story and you can leave me a comment there if you want to. So without further ado, this is Ghost Nobody saying on with the show. Oh, and just a final disclaimer. Obviously, as I said, fanfiction. So all the rights to the actual things like aliens, predator, etc. are still owned by their own studios. I own none of that stuff. This is fan fiction. So, with that said, let's get on with this. Please enjoy. Chapter 3. Awakening. A loud roaring noise was the first thing he became aware of. It was kind of strange, like the noise you get when you open a window of a car at high speeds. The next feeling he got was a bitter cold all over his body combined with a strange sensation of falling. Slowly he forced his eyes open as the feeling was making him sick to his stomach. First thing he saw was blue sky and what appeared to be clouds. They were far bigger than usual. Almost felt like he could reach out and touch them. At that point he realised he actually could reach out and touch them just as he punched straight through one face first. Spinning over took him less than a second to realise that somehow he was in freefall, heading straight down towards a large forestry. He's beginning to wish he'd never opened his bloody eyes now. The adrenaline that was now pounding through his body opened a dam gate instantly cleared his groggy mind. He brought his arms and legs up into a balanced position to stop himself from spinning. As soon as he did, he felt a rush under each of his arms and legs and he was unable to pull them far away from his sides. Glancing to his sides, he appeared to have fabric connecting his arms and legs together, and at first his heart sunk believing them to be bound up. Another second went by and he realised he was actually wearing a military wingsuit. With what he was wearing, the rush he felt was the canopies filling with the air. Pushing his arms and legs together, straight out, Jack was able to gain control of the suit and was able to begin steering it. Looking around at the massive green canopy below him, he began looking for a possible crash site, somewhere that could allow him to survive an impact. Suddenly a pulsing beep caught his attention. It seemed to be coming from the centre of his chest. Glancing down, he immediately spotted a large silver hexagonal piece strapped to the centre of his chest. It appeared to have a large red light flashing dead in the centre, and perfectly timed with the beeping. Steering with hands and feet, Jack managed to turn himself so that the wingsuit cells fully inflated and slowed his descent marginally from 120 miles an hour to simply 25 per hour. He had the added effect of increasing his forward velocity up to nearly 200 miles per hour. Speeding through the air like a green missile, Jack attempted to search for a viable landing spot. Trees were not a good idea, as he was likely to end up as a kebab on some of the branches. So as nasty as it was, water was only only viable option to break in this situation. At 120 miles an hour, it would be like hitting concrete. But at 25, he may be able to survive it, 
if he was able to kill his forward velocity at the last moment. Scanning the horizon for any signs of a river or a lake, turned his head from left to right, but he wasn't seeing much other than the green of trees in every direction he looked. As it turned out, he really didn't have to worry about his landing spot, as the beeping thing on his chest suddenly went full crescendo and issued a seriously high-pitched whine. Just before he was yanked upwards, like a giant invisible hand grabbed him from the sky and tore him upwards. Looking up, Jack could see that a large parachute above his head had opened out. And as it looked, the connecting cord seemed to be the no steering toggles on it whatsoever. So whoever had put the damn thing on him had never intended to give him any kind of control over where he ended up. All they wanted was that he was alive. Fucking goddamn fucking trees! Jack yelled to no one for the tenth time this hour as he attempted to free himself from the now upside-down hanging position he found himself in. As he'd made contact with a canopy, his chute had predictably caught in all the branches, but so had the connecting lines, and they managed to flip him upside down. It had also torn the shit out of the wingsuit, rendering it absolutely useless. So here he hung like a seriously pissed-off piñata, trying to get some of the parachute to free himself. Ironically, from Jack's point of view, he'd nearly made it all the way to the ground. He was currently hanging only six feet off the forest floor, but he might as well have been six fucking million miles from it right about now. Looking up at the tree, the branches above him and his lines were wrapped around, he noticed that some of his attached to his boot. Bending forward for a better look, he noticed that the thing attached to his boot was actually a knife in his scabbard. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Well done, Jack. It's only take you in an hour to notice the fucking knife, he said, exasperated with himself. But then, to be fair, with himself, he'd never actually wore a knife on his leg, and he'd never actually woken up in freefall either. He'd always wore knives and things like that across the base of his spine or on his hips. But whoever had dressed him up like a flying fucking action man, thrown his ass out of a plan, obviously hadn't taken his wardrobe choices into account. Bending double, he slowly retrieved the large black combat knife from the boot scabbard. The next part was going to be unpleasant to say the least. So quickly he leaned up, grabbed the lines with one hand, and with the other, cut them straight through with a razor-sharp knife. The sharp impact at the centre of his back instantly winded Jack. Even though the fall wasn't high, it still hit him square in the flat of his back as he impacted the ground. Coughing and wheezing, he rolled onto his side. Slowly he was unable to regain his breath when he rose up into a slow sitting position. Some fucker's going to pay for that one, he said between the coughs. Jack took a few minutes to get his breath back properly before he slowly got himself to his feet and took stock of his situation. A heavy weight on his back caught his attention and he felt behind him over his right shoulder. His hand instantly found a very familiar cold hard feeling of a metal object. Feeling around for release straps, he removed the fifty caliber AS-50 from his back. Turning the weapon over in his hands, he checked it over. The weight told him that it was fully loaded and probably primed ready to go. Quickly checked the breech and confirmed his hypothesis that the gun was actually loaded and ready. Injecting the magazine, he found ten cartridges inside it. Hmm, heavy loaded he said to himself, curious of the fact that there was not only one full magazine, but a round ready in the breech of the gun. The next thing he did was to place the weapon down on the floor so he could get the trashed wingsuit off. 
Underneath it, he was wearing standard forest pattern military fatigues, and not the type he'd been wearing when he'd been in South America either. So had ever thrown his ass out of the plane and taken great lengths to kit him out. He also seemed to be wearing a flak jacket with all the standard pouches over it. Most of them contained magazines for the AS-50. At a rough count, he had ten full magazines, so just over a hundred rounds for the large-caliber sniper rifle. He also came across a large-caliber pistol magazine, fully loaded within the pouches. Looking down at his hip, he found himself to be carrying a fifty caliber Desert Eagle in a holster on his thigh. Lifting it from the holster, he checked it over. It had also been heavy-loaded, just like the AS-50, wasn't the first choice of handgun as it was heavy and had one fucking hell of a kick to it. But at least whatever you hit with this damn thing stayed fucking down. After a full pat-down of himself, he discovered he was carrying a full operational loadout, right down to the emergency dry-eat rations and mini-med kit. But what type of operation was this? And where the bloody hell was he? He'd found no order pack, no instructions of any kind. He wasn't even carrying a radio or any form of comms equipment. So he couldn't call anybody and they couldn't call him either. Nor was he carrying any kind of navigation equipment. No map, no compass, no GPS, no nothing. This entire situation was really starting to freak him out. But for now he settled on working out, just finding out where the hell he was. So he decided to head for higher ground and to try and orientate himself. So he shouldered, checked and set the AS-50 and moved out. As he moved through the forest, Jack was on constant guard, as he didn't know whether he was in enemy territory or not, though he figured by the method of his arrival here was most likely, so he kept his head on a constant swivel as he moved through the forest. But things just didn't seem quite right to him here. Couldn't quite place it, but this whole thing just fell off. For instance, he'd been noticing lots of different types of plants he'd never seen before. Not that Jack was a botanist or anything, but having been through most of the jungles on Earth, he knew what to expect in what region by sight. He knew what to stay away from and what could come in useful. But here, there just large amounts of plants that just didn't seem to grow on the same side of the planet. But they were just cohabiting in the same space. Some of them he'd never even seen before. He also got the constant itchy feeling of being watched. But every time he looked around himself, there was nothing. It was also true of the wildlife. He hadn't seen a single animal since he'd arrived, which was more than just strange, it was downright freaky. Usually by now he'd have seen monkeys or birds or something, or even heard them. But there was just silence. Well, except for the insects. Just where in the name of fuck was he? As he watched, a sudden vibration in the ground caught his attention. Dropping to one knee, Jack swung his rifle through a firing arc, but nothing appeared in his view. So gingerly he paced a hand on the ground, and instantly felt the vibrations getting stronger. It seemed to be increasing by the second, that meant they were actually getting closer as well. Again he swung the rifle through a firing arc, but this time spinning 360 degrees to look all around himself. This time he did see something, and instantly wished he hadn't. To his right hand, rear, he spotted a tree disappear from the upper canopy, which meant something had pushed it over, and these trees were fucking huge. Then only a second later, another one got pushed down, only a few feet from it. Wherever the fuck was strong enough to push the trees down, 
It was heading straight for him. Jack aimed his rifle in the direction of the rapidly approaching object. The only thing he knew was strong enough to push down trees this size would be either be a bulldozer or a full main battle tank, something like a challenger. But something like that simply would just be engine noise. It wouldn't be simply nothing. But now the clo- closing sound of breaking wood was getting closer and closer. It was snapping trees like twigs in its path. Looking through the scope of the rifle, he caught a glimpse of something grey. It was absolutely massive, standing at least six to eight metres high. Way bigger than either a tank or a bulldozer. That's when he got the first shock of his life. He saw it. It was a leg. Jack blinked more than once as this sank into his very confused brain. He wasn't looking at a vehicle but an actual living thing. Crack! Another tree went down as the massive thing kept moving towards him. Finally, his instincts and training kicked in, and he turned on his feet and broke into a full-on sprint. If this thing was actually coming for him, he needed to get to a place where he could actually engage it, and in this environment, a sniper rifle, even one as good as the AS-50, is almost useless due to the confined space. He needed a clear space to draw a bead on it at range. So moving as quick as he could, he sprinted through the forest, hoping to find some sort of clearing where he could engage the thing. After a few minutes of full tilt with a massive living tank behind him gaining ground by the second, Jack finally got his wish. He burst out of the tree lane into a huge grassy clearing, which was split in half by a rather large river. Scanning the area, he instantly spotted what he needed. To the left side, there was a large rocky outcrop stood about eight metres tall. Hopefully this would slow whatever the fuck this thing was down. So Jack burned arse heading straight towards it. Climbing was not Jack's speciality by a long shot. But it was funny being chased by a living tank would do for one's abilities. He went up the rock like a fucking skink lizard on speed until he found a large flat piece near the top and got into position to shoot. Now all he had to do was inquire and engage. That's if he could slow the jackhammering of the heart in his chest down enough for him to be able to get an accurate shot off. Otherwise, he might as well just throw the bullets at it. Especially if somebody hadn't zeroed this weapon in and he hadn't done it himself, which was a big thing for any shooter, let alone a sniper. As he tried to slow down and steady his heart and breathing down, he watched more and more of the trees falling like matchsticks which really wasn't helping if it was honest. He lined his scope up on the area he figured where the thing would emerge through the forest. That's when he saw it, and his eye nearly burst through the scope like a cheesy Disney cartoon. The creature looked like a cross between a giant rhino and a dinosaur. It was at least 16 metres tall, covered in grey skin. That looked like armoured scales. Its head was narrow and pointed like a crocodile, complete with a set of protruding giant man-crushing teeth. There was also six huge horns that ran up the centre of its long snout to the centre of its head. It also had a massive long tail, which looked like a bone hammer on the head of the tip of it. Even though all that wasn't bad enough, it looked seriously pissed off. The creature lifted its huge head into the air and began sniffing, obviously looking for the scent of its prey. Then in an instant it lowered its massive snout and looked straight in Jack's direction. Ah, fuck, he said under his breath when he realised it had spotted him up on the ledge. 
the creature let out an almighty roar that made Jack's blood run cold, and his heart start doing backflips in his chest. It turned and lined itself up on the rocks. Jack lined up on the creature's head and took up the aim. The second it took a step forward, he fired. The massive rifle roared and jumped in Jack's hands as the round left the barrel and screamed towards its mark before bouncing harmlessly off the creature's skull. Oh fuck, I think I just pissed it off. Jack screamed as the creature roared angrily and began to charge him. He lined up again and fired another. This one hit one of the horns on its head, taking a chunk out of it. This angered the creature even more, and with a tilt of its shoulders it started moving even faster. It was rapidly closing the gap, and Jack was really doubting the survivability of this rock if it made contact at this speed. His heart was hammering again, now making his hands shake like crazy. Then he saw it. One chance. Just one. But if he could hit it, he fired again but this one bounced harmlessly off its skull again. He fired again. Another bounce. He seemed to be taking deep breaths. He needed to calm down, get control of this, or he was done for. He slowed his breathing, listening to his heart as he started counting. Breathe in. Hold. Count. Exhale. Repeat. The creature was almost on top of him now. He focused and fired one last round. The creature did a nosedive and dove horn first straight into the ground. The force of its charge caused the whole thing to flip over on itself and landed straight on its back, but continued to slide forward, its huge horns digging troughs in the ground. Slammed into the rocky outcrop with enough force to shake it. Jack closed his eyes and took a few deep breaths, and when the dust settled, he damn near got to his knees and looked over the side. Huge red socket stared back at him with red tears running down its face, exactly where the creature's massive eye had been only seconds before. Jack's bullet had sent it straight back into its skull, where along with the bullet it was now attached to, ricocheted around inside its skull, turning a creature's brain into liquid mush, killing it instantly. Holy fucking shit! It worked! It actually fucking worked! Jack exclaimed, looking down at the huge dead dino dozer at the base of the outcrop. First, he didn't believe it. It was actually dead, and fully expected it to spring back to life even more pissed off than it already had been, and to charge at him. So he kept his rifle trained on it for two whole minutes, waiting for it to move. But it neither moved or breathed in that time. So slowly, Jack picked himself up off the ledge and gingerly climbed down to the ground. Slowly and silently he walked around the huge felled beast, took a good look at it. On the ground he could see just how gargantuan it actually was. It was at least 16 metres tall and about 20 long snout to tail. But he couldn't just believe what he was seeing. Creatures like this didn't exist, surely. Prodding it a couple of times with the rifle barrel provoked no reaction from it. Jack shook his head. This whole situation had gone from fucked up to a whole new dimension of fucked up. Not only had he just been dropped out of a plane while unconscious into a jungle, but now the jungle seemed to be home to fucked up dino dozers that could snap hundred foot trees like twigs and seemed to be carnivorous while able to smell a man from God knows how far away. What just sort of fucking twilight zone had he been dropped into? Deciding that this wasn't a good place to hang around, Jack used the clearing to spot the high ground he needed. 
Off to his left, he rode a large terrain rose sharply, leaning to what seemed to be a mountain. He finally figured out it would be useful to scout from, but also give him the cover in the form of a cave and set up for the night. He really didn't feel like camping on the ground if those giant fuckers were going to be rampaging around. So, with himself orientated, he set off in the direction of the mountain, all the while having no idea that his every move from this second he'd burst out of the tree line till now was being observed by a silent and totally amazed observer. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Hunter Hunted Chapter 3. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that, uh, obviously, you, you, if you can, in whatever podcast system you're listening to this through, you can either give it a like or subscribe or whatever you can do. If you feel like dropping me feedback via fan fiction or AO3, please do so. All you have to do is go to um, one of those sites, go to the story itself where it's located, leave a comment. Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you thought of my uh, amazing voice. And uh, tell me if you're enjoying it, what you'd change, what you'd like to see, and anything like that. And obviously I hope you're tuning in to listen to Radiance as well, because I'm obviously keeping that going at the same time that's why both these chapters come out at the same time so till next time this is ghost nobody signing off and saying i'll see you again